What's going on, family? Happy Thursday. Welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope that all is well in your world. Thanks for continuing to support all things connected to the faction. And I do want to say, well, before I get there, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't say thank you enough for how amazing you guys are in your consistent support of all things related to the faction. So if you're following us on the socials at the faction show, thank you for that. If you are subscribed to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google or wherever else you check us out. Thank you so much. If you're not, go ahead and subscribe to us. It is an amazing thing and I think we're putting out some great content. I hope you do as well. Go ahead and rate us and leave us a comment as well. Before I get started, two quick things. First of all, this is kind of a double episode that's being released today. We recorded an episode that was supposed to air Tuesday and things have just gotten just horrifically busy on this side. So my apologies, but that episode is out there for you guys to check out. I think it's important because what we're going to talk about today builds on the heels of that episode that was scheduled to be released Tuesday. So go ahead and check that out because you're going to need that to understand the backdrop and context for this. Okay, because I think it's just amazing how the world of wrestling works. With that said, I want to give a big shout out to my man R3 from the Wrestling While Black podcast. He was gracious and kind enough to interview me shortly after us winning the Commentary of the Year Award for the second time. So I had a great opportunity to talk about that and some other things career-wise. So go ahead and check out the Wrestling While Black podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple, Anchor, all of those places. Check it out. Listen to the interview. Let me know what you think. We've posted it in several social media spots, how to link to it. But again, check it out. Look for Wrestling While Black, the podcast on Spotify, Apple, and all the places that you get your podcast. So with that said, I don't think I'm going to be super long on this episode, but there is something of massive significance that I need to talk about. There are two things. First, We'll talk very briefly about the return of John Moxley, who returned to AEW Dynamite last night. Now, I'm not going to talk about the whole Dynamite episode. I do specifically want to talk about the importance of his return. Of course, he's been gone for about three to four months to address the issues that he had with alcohol. And the promo that he cut last night was far less a promo, but a whole lot of Mox musings. And I, when I say Mox musings, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way at all. I just mean that it was not a promo and you really had to kind of listen and read between the lines to understand a lot of what he was saying. Now, there were some things I saw with this that I've never seen before. I don't recall ever seeing an arena of 15,000 people that silent in America before. I see it in Japan all the time, but not in America. There was something very specific. The fact that they were so silent that even on television, you could hear one specific heckler says a lot. Side note, whoever was working on the seven second delay at AEW last night, mm, probably off the job because an F-bomb came through loud and clear with no attempt to bleep it out. So yeah, that's interesting, though I don't think that'll impact AEW stance on TBS. If there is an FCC fine, they'll pay it, et cetera, et cetera. 
But that was wild. We also got three S-bombs in this promo, which is even a lot by AEW standards. They love the S-word in AEW. Not sure why. With all of that said, I am very happy that John Moxley is back. And I'm happy because I want John Moxley to, of course, be healthy and whole. And he looks that way. He's always going to be a little off kilter, but that's John Moxley. But I'm glad that it is without the influence of alcohol. And so, certainly, I will say this one thing AEW has mastered in its short tenure, it has mastered giving us memorable, real, tangible moments. Of course, we can go back to the CM Punk situation and how just incredible that was, but even their handling of Brody Lee and other major moments in this sport, they have really given them to us and they've allowed us to really embrace those moments as well. So shout out to AEW for doing that and doing that in such a genuine and an authentic way. Those kinds of things make a world of difference. So Definitely, again, shout out to John Moxley. And here's to the next part of his journey and the next part of his career. And thinking about John Moxley, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, all these people in the same spot makes for some interesting television and some interesting scenarios for 2022. Not to mention, and I'm just throwing this out there, there's absolutely no proof that this is going to happen, but. With this idea of Mickey James and the Forbidden Door from Impact impacting the Royal Rumble match for the women, you've got to think that WWE, if they really want to make headlines, will find a way to bring in at least one man for this Forbidden Door. Would it happen in the Royal Rumble match? Seems to make sense that it would. But how crazy would it be? Just, just go with me. How crazy would it be? that the universal title match involving Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins would get an interruption from an entrant through the forbidden door being John Moxley. I don't know. Now, it could seem far-fetched, right? Moxley hasn't exactly been kind to WWE upon leaving, right? But neither was Mickey James. Neither was the Ultimate Warrior. Neither were many people who left WWE. Who knows, right? 2022 is an unpredictable year. It's already been unpredictable for all of the wrestling organizations. So it could happen. Stranger things have happened. But either way, welcome back, John Moxley. When we come back, I got a conversation for you about NXT 2.0 that if you haven't heard these rumblings, you want to pay attention to it. We'll be back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see 
all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How do we get on Southern an Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here for it a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, Okay, so here's the deal surrounding NXT 2.0. On the last time we were together, the last show, which again, we've released a double episode today. So in part one, which I'm going to call that now, in part one of this episode, I talked about the strides that were made thanks to Dr. Martin Luther King and its impact in the world of pro wrestling and how we're seeing the proliferation of the African-American wrestler who is multifaceted. We've seen how wrestling has progressed, etc., etc., etc. In the same episode, I mentioned that Bruce Pritchard is now the head of creative for NXT, which pretty much means the influence of Triple H is all but gone. Add to that what happened Tuesday night. Tuesday night, you've got the main event of Walter versus Roderick Strong, some of the last vestiges of the black and gold brand. However, in comma, it's the behind the scenes and on camera stuff that's making us all go, hmm. So there was a whole big thing that went on where WWE had filed a trademark, okay, Obviously, they wanted to change Walter's name, which I don't think Walter's name needed changing. However, on January 13th, which was the same day that Walter's final NXT UK match aired, sorry if that's a spoiler, WWE filed a trademark application for a ring name of Gunther Stark. This was to be Walter's new name. Now, the filing kind of flew under the radar until Louis Dangor of British website Give Me Sport pointed out that just a few seconds of research was enough to discover that the name Gunther Stark happened to be the name of the commander of a Nazi U-boat that was sunk in the English Channel in 1944. So then after Walter defeats Roderick Strong, he announces that he would now be known as Gunther. Now, some would say WWE is smart enough to have dropped his new last name at the last second after its origins became publicized. But apparently that's not the only Nazi adjacent imagery that Imperium has rocked with this week. Last week, 
Marcel Bartel, who is from Germany, tweeted and then deleted the phrase, quote, Imperium over everything. Now, according to the German site Power Wrestling, that's a reference to the first verse of the German national anthem. Since the end of World War II, only the third verse of the song has been sung as the national anthem. The first two verses, and the first verse in particular, while not outlawed, are frowned upon because of their ties to the Nazis. It's better, folks. Walter also tweeted the German word for invasion, which is Einmarsch. And he did that with a photo of him besides Bartel and Eichner, who is from a German-speaking part of Italy. An Austrian guy talking about invading territory with a German and an Italian should rub people the wrong way. So, assuming that WWE scraps plans to use the full Gunther Stark name, story should seemingly blow over relatively quickly and it doesn't seem like Walter's on-screen persona has evoked any fascism in the past. However, how do you mess this up? How do you do this? This, to me, is why it's problematic to have this influence of Bruce Pritchard in NXT. It further sparks the concerns and issues I have about proper representation in the office and in higher spaces, right? It's not just enough for African-Americans to be on screen or people of diverse backgrounds to be on screen. It's important for them to be behind closed doors as well. Because if a simple Google search of the name Gunther Stark brings up all of this information, how in the world did WWE not figure this out before filing for the trademark? And so these are the things that are concerning to me. Why do we need these special kinds of names that WWE comes up with? WWE has a habit of bringing guys in, changing their identities, giving them new names, and they do that so that they can own the intellectual property. I get it, right? You want to own everything. You want to be the songwriter, the publisher, and the artist. I get it. However, in comma, if you're going to do that, you then have the onus and the responsibility to ensure that these names don't spark up other feelings, that these names aren't referencing things that are wildly offensive. And these days and times, there's no time that it's okay to be connected to a Nazi, but certainly not in 2022, certainly not while you have A, a branch of your division in the UK, B, obviously in the U.S., what Nazi represents is horrible. It's horrible for black people. It's horrible for Jewish people. It's horrible for all people. Why take a guy like Walter who didn't need any alterations or changes and change his name? Because, unfortunately, this is what Bruce Pritchard and others in WWE feel are necessary for NXT to feel like WWE, as opposed to the great indie brand that it felt like before. What does this all mean? It just means that, well... The NXT that we knew and loved is no more. And that if you want to be a part of this NXT or you want to connect to it, these are the kinds of things that are going to happen. And it also says to me, is there really a lack of creativity? You could not have found another name besides Gunther Stark for Walter. I don't know. 
Anyway, I think this is one of those moments where two things can be true, right? We can celebrate the progress of Dr. Martin Luther King and the progress of the proliferation of African-American wrestlers in the sport, which WWE highlighted incredibly well in 2021 and in years past. But we highlight 2021 because of the African-Americans rise to the WWE championship. But in the same WWE, we're filing trademarks for names of Nazi commanders. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how this all plays out. But I do think it's interesting that all of this is happening in 2022 in the same company. Interesting to say the least. All right. Well, I just wanted to get this out there and I wanted to make sure we had a quick conversation about it. I want to get your thoughts on it. So hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show and let us know what you think. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is GB Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction.